0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Corinthians chapter number 12 tonight. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Be in prayer for uh, Sister McGee and the couples in the Indiana District that's going to be meeting this uh, weekend, Friday and Saturday, for the marriage box, the marriage retreat. Amen. So uh, remember us, that the Lord will give us strength and everything will go. Amen. Off without a hitch, we've been in preparation some this week toward that. Actually, today, quite a bit. My wife has, and me personally, and so uh, along just with the other affairs of life. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number twelve. I will do my normal reading of verses one through eleven. <clears throat> next week we'll probably we'll finish this next week, uh, the gifts of the spirit series, and then on Halloween we'll be here on Wednesday. Halloween. I want to talk about being spiritual? But I'm, uh, I may I may share with some, you, something with you on uh, Halloween that tongue and grooves with the gifts of the spirit here and keep it spirit, keep it spirited. <laughs> uh on 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 that to kind of just top this totally off uh all right first corinthians chapter number 12 verses 1 through 11 the bible says now concerning spiritual gifts brother anybody got this memorized yet okay now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i would not have you ignorant you know that ye were gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as ye were led Wherefore i given to you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of god call of jesus a curse That no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Tonight, we're going to begin to talk about the vocal gifts we have taken these and divided them in three categories over the series of this study we have talked about uh last week or two weeks i guess it would be ago the power gifts and uh, we talked about uh, those that were prior to it the word of knowledge word of wisdom and discerning of spirits tonight we're going to begin talking about the vocal gifts and we're going to concentrate this evening on divers kinds of tongues Diverse kinds of tongues uh, and I'm using the biblical language for that. Some people call it gift of tongues, but let's, I'm just staying very biblical with the language here, Diverse kinds of tongues here this evening. And this is probably by and large one that many, if not all sitting here tonight has been exposed to at some time in your Christian experience and so we want to talk about that tonight let's go to the Lord in prayer father I come to you this evening I'm asking God that you're able to help us Lord as we learn from the scripture we learn of your word Lord Jesus yet again Open our hearts, God, to receive, our minds, God, to understand. I pray, God, that everybody under the sound of my voice will be able to connect the Lord God with the word of the Lord. God, will be appreciative, Lord Jesus, for what you convey. God, through your word here this evening, in the love name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I pray, amen and amen. And everyone say amen. You may be seated. Good to have Brother Mason back with us and out of the hospital. Amen. So thankful for that. Hallelujah. diverse kind, kinds of tongues. I'm going to talk a little bit here tonight, not just about diverse kind of tongues, but going to take some time here this evening to distinguish where a line has been blurred in Christianity and in the church uh, at large. And that is to distinguish that there is a difference between the tongues that come as a result, as the initial sign or initial evidence that one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and how that is different then from the gift of diverse types or diverse kinds of tongues. Uh, because we live in a world that, in even the modern church world, that there is confusion that a lot of people, whenever they read like First Corinthians 14, that says a lot about uh, diverse kinds of tongues. That whenever they read that, they believe that, and all that 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 tongue speaking, all that's all kind of just together. It's all under the same umbrella. It's one and the same thing, but it isn't. It isn't the tongues that you receive or that you give utterance to whenever you initially receive the gift of the Holy Ghost is not the divers' kinds of tongues, which is the gift spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And with importance, there needs to be uh, distinguishing uh, the difference of those two. Uh, furthermore, whenever we talk about the gift of divers, again, I'm staying biblical, divers or different, that word is basically different, different kinds of tongues, it relays a few different, a few different things uh, to us as well. First of all, the different kinds or the diverse kinds of tongues. Number one to denote is this: is that the tongue itself, which is another word really for language. The tongue or the language may be a earthly language, another another language that uh, uh, that you are not uh, that you are not a speaker of, that you are not. Uh, it's foreign to you, if we could say it like that. Uh, if you're an English-speaking person, a diver kind of tongue, a different kind of tongue to you would be some other maybe earthly language like Japanese, Chinese, whatever. There's a variety, all the different dialects and sects of languages in the world. So it could be a different earthly language, but something that a lot of I, I think maybe that we don't concentrate on very much, it may also very well be a heavenly language. A language that is not spoken anywhere upon the globe, but a heavenly language. We we receive this from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 1. Whenever Paul uh, begins to, to, to uh, he begins to, uh, I'm looking for my word and I hate it when that happens. It's in my dictionary, I just got to find it. Whenever he is emphasizing that all of the gifts need to operate by and large by love, because if you have not love, it doesn't matter about your prophecy or this or that. They all must operate by, by the, the, the love being the oil that, that, that helps the mechanism of all of these gifts. And so whenever he says that, he says in verse number one, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men, that would be, that would be earthly tongues of some nature, of whatever different languages we have all across the world and of angels and of angels, which denotes that there is some type of tongue, some type of language, a heavenly one that is not even known to man. So it's quite possible whenever people are used in the gift of divers, divers t- types or divers kinds of tongues, that it may be an earthly language that would be known if you was in that section of the country when it was given, or it may not be known by anybody upon the earth because it is a heavenly language a heavenly language so he said though I speak with tongues of men or angels and have not charity become as a sounding brass in a tinkling cymbal." and so Apostle Paul meant then that there are earthly tongues and there are heavenly tongues and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 and you can read that it's very instructive concerning the operation of like uh, the diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues and uh, prophecy those three in particular the vocal gifts it is very instructional to us in 1 Corinthians 14, it oftentimes, as it's referring to diverse types of tongues or diverse kinds of tongues, it oftentimes refers to it in there as a unknown tongue. An unknown tongue. Or a tongue or a language that is not known again to the one that is speaking it. It may not be known, it shouldn't, it's not known to the one that is speaking to it. Speaking it, it may be another human language or it may be a heavenly language. So they are different kinds of tongues in that respect, that they are earthly or they are heavenly, either one. But they are different kinds of tongues in this respect as well, and that is this. When we talk about the gift of divers, divers kinds of tongues, it may be that it is a for the purpose of personal edification or for the church's edification. Two, there's, it's kind of like two subgroups under the gift of divers kinds of tongues. It may be for personal edification or for the church's edification. You'll note this, that whenever it is for the church's edification, a diver kind of tongue will always then necessitate an interpretation. All right? Always necessitate an interpretation. When we talk about the gift of divers kinds of tongues concerning personal edification, that's the type that you might find in your personal devotion of prayer. Whenever you are praying in tongues, then it's for self-edifying or whenever you are praying in tongues in an inaccessory way. Amen. For the purpose of someone else or, or you feel burdened down with something and you're praying in tongues or you, you don't know. The Bible says, we didn't read it in 1 Corinthians 14, that whenever you're speaking in that unknown tongue and there is no interpretation, here's two things. Number one, you don't know what you're saying, neither does anybody else. Unless somebody that happens to be from another country is here and you so happen to be speaking their tongue of that time, nobody knows what you're saying. That's the reason why Paul, and I'm not getting all, I'm trying to jump around here right now. That's that's the reason why Paul said he'd rather speak a few words with his understanding than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. And the footnote in that that's not spoken in this, 10,000 words in an unknown tongue, especially when it's not for church edification and there's no interpretation. Because then nobody even knows what's being said. There is no benefit except personal benefit in that in that measure. And so to recap just very quickly here tonight, there is a tongue that is the initial sign. The initial sign or evidence that you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says that the spirit gives the utterance whenever that happens. But there is also a gift, a diverse kind of tongues that really has two subgroups in it. Number one, one is for personal edification and number two is for the church's edification. Everybody all right. You understand me. All right. And so that is the the reason why then it is important then and uh, that we are trying to underscore. It's important to distinguish between the initial sign of speaking in tongues as evidence of receiving the holy ghost and the gift of divers kinds of tongues is so that people will not apply the scriptures that regard the operation of the gift with that of the initial infilling of the baptism of the holy ghost or vice versa amen so whenever we see this whenever whenever we believe in the scripture And people believe that whenever someone would speak in tongues as the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, if they were to take the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and apply them to that, then they would tend to think that that probably whenever someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time, there needs to be an interpretation for what was being said. You understand what I'm saying? So if you if you don't make the distinction between the two, then you're going to say, well, we pray that we might have an interpretation. This person just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're speaking in another tongue. Let's all bow our heads and just wait that the Lord would speak to us. But they're two different elephants. They're two different elephants, two different, two different if you will. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 13, wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Prayed that he may interpret. This is speaking about the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. That when he speaks in unknown tongue, prayed that he may interpret. When if we look, and I'm just going to do just a little uh, a sampling, if you will, in the New Testament scripture. When we look in the New Testament scripture, some primary places in scripture where people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as we know, it always was evidenced or by speaking in tongues or initial evidence of speaking in tongues. When we look, for instance, at Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was outpoured on the 120 that had gathered in the upper room and that, that, that came to the house and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as fire and they began to speak in other tongues as, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. There's 120 people up there speaking in tongues and there was no interpretation. Because it wasn't the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. It was the initial sign and evidence that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you go to Acts chapter number 10 and you have the story of Cornelius, who is a Gentile. And and, uh, Peter goes to his house and, and the Bible says that they received the Holy Ghost. And the Jews that came with Peter knew that they received the Holy Ghost because they heard them speak with tongues. The whole household did. But there was no interpretation. Again, distinguishable Difference. Between the gift of diverse kinds of tongues and the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. Whenever you go to Acts 19 and there are uh, those that are around Ephesus area. The Bible says there's 12 men. They are disciples. They said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? We hadn't heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. The Bible says they lay hands on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesied. The scripture says even. And we'll, we, I can explain that to you in, in next week. But uh, begin speaking in tongues and prophesy. But again, there is no interpretation because, Sister Rhonda, that was the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. So we do not blur those lines, all right? There are people today that are greatly confused about the relevancy or whether or not the Holy Ghost in speaking in tongues then should be for everybody and it should take place today because they have taken scriptures that apply to the gift of divers kind of tongues and tried to apply it. To tongues overall in general. All right. Yes. Someone just shake their head. Yes. And so if you start reading through 1 Corinthians 14. If you start to read those things. And see how people would try to apply it then to the initial sign. You're going to see how that could breed confusion very quickly. uh, in, In their own mind and within society. Furthermore. Furthermore. In Acts 2. 120 are speaking in tongues. Acts 10. The household of Cornelius is. Acts 19, the 12 men are speaking in tongues. All of these are taking place seemingly at the same time. 120 people. Now that was, could you imagine? I, it would just be really neat. You know, the Bible says there are all these Galileans and this one from this country here in this language and this one from this country here in their language. and No doubt there may have been a heavenly language that no one even knew it was being, but 120 people just, you know. Speaking in other tongues. So they're all speaking in tongues at once. So if this if this was, which it isn't, if that was the same as the gift of diverse tongues, then we got a problem of contradiction already on our hands, because the Bible tells us in first Corinthians 14 that if these things were the same, which they are not, the Bible says 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27. If any man speak an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three. And that by course, or that means each at turn and let one interpret. So if you had 120 speaking in tongues all at the same time, well, we got a problem, then we got a contradiction of scripture if those tongues are the same, but they're not. All right, is everybody with me? Because one is the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. The other is the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. So everybody with me? Saying, well, Brother McGee, we have no problem with that. That's fine. Someone you talk to is going to. I guarantee it. Amen. Someone you talk to is going to. Amen. So when we look at that, let it be by two or by most three. Again, it should have been two or three at most. That at turn, then someone should have interpreted. But that didn't happen in any of those occurrences. Amen. Because they are different. But when we don't understand their differences, then people will misapply how they should operate. Brother, uh, Pastor David Bernard said it best when he said this concerning differentiating the two, he said, speaking of the initial sign and then the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, he said their physical and spiritual process is the same, he said. But their purpose and their effect is different. Amen. Absolutely true, because by and large, when someone receives the Holy Ghost, the physical and spiritual process of them speaking in an unknown tongue varies little from someone being used in the gift of diverse tongues. There is tongues going for it, number one. It is in a language that the speaker themselves doesn't know. Both of those things are similar on both regards, all right? It could be an earthly or a heavenly tongue on both regards. But one thing that I do distinguish, uh, Bishop, is that whenever there is the diverse kinds of tongues that take place in a church service, most times there is a spiritual shift that happens before it takes place. And there's the indication sometimes that God many times makes room for it to happen. Makes room for it to happen. A lot of times there's a hush before it ever happens. Because God is making room for it. There's an anticipation already in the spirit. That it's about ready to take place and happen. And a lot of times, a lot of times, the person that is used in the gift of divers kinds of tongues, whenever it comes forth, it is a lot of times authoritative. And louder than just what the normal just speaking in tongues would be, there is some difference. And so, since the gift of divers kinds of tongues comes from the Spirit, remember they're gifts of the Spirit. They're gifts of the Spirit. Since it comes from the Spirit, it would serve the reason that one must have the Spirit prior to operating in this capacity. So, if they are speaking, if they are speaking in tongues for the first time in their life, they're not operating in the gift. They just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're not given a message in tongues. Amen. And so that's important. But it's also important whenever we when we enter into this uh, divers kinds of tongues. And from here on out, I'll probably just talk about tongues. OK, so I don't have to try to spill that out my mouth. You do that a few times. Whenever a person gives an unknown tongue or tongues and want to operate, it's important, though, to be sensitive, and I'm talking to all of us because this is a gift that's used largely in the church, this church even. It's important to be sensitive whether God's wanting you to operate for personal edification or for church edification. All right? Because I believe where there has been error in the church, even this church at times, is when people have not discerned if it was for personal edification or for church edification. What are you saying? I believe there's sometimes in services that people are overcome by the spirit of God personally. They're overcome just by the spirit of God and what they're feeling at that moment personally. They, they just seem to have a burden. They speak out of a personal burden or, or, or praise or blessing unto the Lord in tongues, thinking that it's a message that needs to be interpreted when God was really just doing something for them in the moment that was really only for personal edification and not for church edification. And that is why I believe sometimes there's a lot of reasons. We'll talk about some. That is the reason why sometimes some of that goes forth and there's not an interpretation because someone didn't discern that, that gifting right now wasn't for the purpose of church edification. It was for personal edification. Amen. So we need to be sensitive concerning that. The Bible says in Jude chapter number one and verse 20 and verse 21, but ye beloved building up yourselves. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unto eternal life. Have you ever been in your prayer closet and started praying? All of a sudden you found yourself praying in the Holy Ghost. Or praying in an unknown tongue. Amen. Praying in an unknown tongue. And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I encourage you to do it. Amen. Yeah. If it happens I encourage you to do it. Amen. And we should do that when we're moved upon by the spirit uh, to do that. But what that does it builds up yourself. It brings personal edification, but we must not, we must we must not confuse that with tongues to be interpreted them for the totality of the body. Because that can take place not just in your own personal prayer closet. That can take place while you're sitting or standing in the service and you have your hands raised, you're talking to God, and all of a sudden that comes on you and you can begin praying in tongues while you're sitting in the service. But you got to know the difference when God's wanting it to edify the body or when it's just wanting to edify you. Because if you're not careful, then you'll feel that come on you and you're just like, boom! Everybody's quiet then, waiting for a word from the Lord and God was just wanting to talk to you. Okay? And so it's important to be sensitive concerning that. 1 Corinthians 14, when we read through it, it addresses tongues, and we'll look at this more next week, but it addresses tongues that is with an interpretation and tongues that are without an interpretation. Those that are for church edification and those that are for personal edification. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue and what, what's being implied here when you read through it? You gotta you gotta stay with it with First Corinthians fourteen because it kind of jumps back and forth between those that is for personal edification without interpretation and those that are for the church edification with interpretation. And so he's, he's implying here for he that speaketh an unknown tongue, meaning without interpretation, is implied speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So whenever you're praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues, you're you're, you're not praying. And when you're doing that, as I said before, nobody understands you. You're in an unknown tongue. You're not speaking to men. You're speaking unto God. God knows what you're saying. He understands. But it's mysteries going forth. Verse 14 of the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, Paul says, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. So not only does not not does everybody else not understand it, you don't even understand yourself. All right, but it's for personal edification. God is doing something in your spirit. So that is praying, or that is speaking in an unknown tongue without an interpretation. Again, it's something that I don't understand. Others won't understand unless, by chance, there's some foreigner, uh, uh, someone from a different country here. Or someone that's bilingual, trilingual, that knows multiplicity of languages here. And you happen to be speaking one of those that they are aware of. Amen. But outside of that, no one is going to know the language. It's unknown to you. You cannot understand. Sometimes, secondly, listen to me. Secondly, I believe we made the mistake sometimes. When we've been, you're listening? When we've been burdened for someone that we've been praying with. All right. This is just me. This, th- listen, whenever I talk about sometimes we've made mistakes, listen. You're, someone might be thinking, oh, God, I think I might have done that one time. Well, welcome to the club. I have too. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that to say, well, okay, let's just cut this thing off. Then again, as Paul was doing, he gave instruction, not for the purpose of shutting down then the use of the gifts, but so that we'll just get a little bit more aware and sensitive when we do use them to try to do it properly. So me saying what I'm saying tonight is not then for everybody to say, oh, God, next time I feel it come upon me, I'm going to quench it. No, don't do that. Be obedient to the Lord, but just try to be sensitive of what God's doing. But with that being said, one of the other places, sometimes I believe when there's been mistakes made is when people are praying with somebody. All right, and you're praying with them and you're so burdened for them where they are or what their need is. That you felt that tongue, that unknown tongue come upon you and you felt like God had a message to give them when maybe God was calling you to intercession. huh? Mm -hmm. Maybe God was calling you to intercession in that moment. To pray in their stead in an unknown tongue about things you don't know about, but God could use you by using that unknown tongue to speak to him about things that nobody knows about but God. For them. So we got to be sensitive with that. And you know. If I'm praying over your brother Malone. He's been having a hard struggle. I'm getting burdened about it. God. Woo! And I feel it come upon me. It might not be that God wants to speak to him. By the gift of tongues in that moment. He might want me to intercede for him. Mm-hmm. Through praying in the spirit. All right. And so it's important to distinguish that. And the more that, that you just. You know what helps with all these things is things that we've been talking about here. Whenever you pray fast, read your Bible, and do spiritual things, you are more aware of spiritual things, okay? You're more sensitive to spiritual things. And so it's important to to, to consider that. Look at Romans 8 and verse number 26. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be Again, Paul is not discouraging uh, personal edification. He is not discouraging the operation, the gift of diverse tongues. He's just trying to give some guidelines for its operation. Because listen, folks, if we didn't have any operation for these things, we didn't have no guidelines for these things, it could turn crazy in a nanosecond. It could turn crazy in a nanosecond. Absolutely. But Paul, he even said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, he said he was even thankful that he spoke with tongues more than most. And what he was talking about was tongues without interpretation. He was talking about that personal devotion type of tongue. So he's not down in it by all. He said, man, I'm glad I do it quite a bit. You know, I do it perhaps more than most. That's at verse number 18. But he simply gave us guidelines to try to distinguish the difference and not to make What is personal edification? Church edification. All right? So that is important. The reason why I keep emphasizing that's important because that is a gift that's commonly used all throughout churches. If there's anything that's going to be used and known, because it's a vocal gift, it's going to be that gift. And the other reason why it's important because you'll have people then in church that have no, no connection to Christianity or church at all. Hmm? And so and so, if a message in tongues has no interpreter, there may be a couple things at play, all right? Number one, it wasn't supposed to be a message in tongues for the church's edification. As I've already stated, perhaps it was supposed to be for personal devotion and edification, all right? Number two, quite possible if there was no interpreter, Perhaps the one that was supposed to be in the interpreter didn't yield to be the interpreter. Quite possible. Quite possible. But the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray, and the implication is here whenever it is for church edification, pray that he may interpret. So with purpose, the Apostle Paul admonishes them that would be used in the gift of divers kinds of tongues, particularly that subgroup of, for church edification that requires interpretation. He says, pray then that ye may interpret. Because I know how it is. Boy, that comes upon you to give the message. It's like, man, you gave it. Woo! I did my job. But scripture says you really have a burden on you that you need to pray that ye may be able, that ye may interpret. Again, because the reason being tongues without interpretation, without interpretation is unto the Lord. It edifies the speaker. But no one understands unless. There's someone familiar with the language or unless there is an interpretation. So we have a guest here. Tongues goes forth. There's no interpretation. What in God's ever living mind is going through their head. Now for us that has experienced that before and been in church for 20 years, we're like, okay, maybe someone didn't yield to it or maybe someone's just kind of a little over and left field, but we can't just think about our club we got to think about those that are not a part of the club because the Bible says nobody understands it. And we'll look at this a little later. That's the reason why God said he's not the author of. All right. And so this, this, this is important. So if you are going to give a message in tongues, pray that you may interpret. Why? So that the tongues will serve the purpose that they were meant to serve for the edification of the body. For the edification of the church the bible says in first corinthians 14 and verse 28 but if there be no interpreter here we go let him him who he who gave the tongue let him keep silence in the church that's everyone of course and let him him who gave the tongue speak to himself and to god so here is wisdom when there is no interpreter keep silence in the church we respect that we do that We keep silent as soon as anything happens like that. But the speaker should speak or regard the tongues to himself and to God. You know what he's doing in that moment? He's kind of down here checking. He he might even still be speaking in tongues, but he's speaking to the Lord. You know what he's doing? Maybe this was for personal edification. All right. Rather than church edification. Now, a couple other things that might be at play when there is no interpretation and these listen to me, okay? You write, if you're writing this tonight, you put exception above these. All right. These are probably the exception to the rule. Are you listening? Probably exception to the rule. Number one, there may be a person there that's never heard anybody in their life speak in tongues and kind of looked at it through eyes of a skeptic that it wasn't even possible. Because I, I know people, I know stories of this and that a person giving a message in tongues, and there was no interpretation. Just hearing tongues in and of itself was convincing to them that it was real. I've had people. I've, I know people that have stories concerning that. Relatives of theirs that was in a church service. They went forth a message in tongues. There was no interpretation. But they just did not believe in tongues one bit that it was even real. But this that happened was like, boy, it is real. Now, that's probably the exception. So it's, what a I'm just being pastor. The reason why I say that, we can't get in the mode of missing it and say, well, God was probably speaking to somebody. that really just needed confirmation it was real. Okay? Now, I'm not God, and neither are you, but we need to be right with our operation. Then there's this, and this, again, is probably the exception. Brother Bernard tells a story of how uh, in the church he was at one time, there was a Lebanese student from Lebanon, he was going to college at LSU in Louisiana, had come to a service one night, heard a message in tongues, it did not have an interpreter, did not have an interpretation. And he would later tell the people that he came with, he said, what was spoken there tonight was in my native language, which was Arabic. Said, as a matter of fact, he was kind of angry at first with the person that invited him to church, and he asked them, Why did you arrange for someone to speak to me in public and rebuke me for my sins? The person that invited him did not know Arabic, nor the person given the message knew Arabic. But God used that for a miracle in that moment to speak personally to one Arab speaking man that came to church that night. Now, again, those are probably the exceptions. As I look around, most of us, except maybe just for a few, only know one language around here. All right? <laughs> Amen. So that's probably the exception. So the proper a- operation of the gift of the spirit is absolutely of eyes. Will there be mistakes? Absolutely. Are you human? Yep, you are. And when you think about it, that a supernatural gift is trying to operate through a natural vessel. Whew, below your mind. Supernatural gift is trying to operate through a natural vessel, a vessel that's prone to failure, mistake. So, yeah, there are going to be mistakes. So we're not eliminating them, but I do encourage sensitivity. And as Paul said, all things be done decently and in order. Again, he told us in verse 30. It's in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 30. That's where he said God is not the author of confusion. And he says it in the context then on how to use the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues and prophecy. He says it in the context of all that. God is not the author of confusion because a message left without interpretation may definitely leave some. I tell you what, I'm Holy Ghost filled and sometimes I go away scratching my head. Amen. Because let's all stand on even ground here tonight. When that takes place and there is no interpretation, And it's happened in the service. It can be just as much as an obstacle as it could have been a launching board. There have been times more than once in my life. It's happened right before I preached, And there's no interpretation. You get up and try to go now after that. I trade places with you any day. I'd much rather heard what God had to say. It might have it might have even said something that I planned on saying in my sermon and that would have went real good together. Okay, Am I being mean? I'm not because I'm told that as a nurturer, I really got to go to be really mean. So that's what I'm told. So I must not be being mean. So it's just self self self-filling here. Self-filling. So so we don't want it to be an obstacle. We want it to be edification. We don't want it to bring confusion. It must be edification. And here's one thing for sure. If it does produce confusion, then it wasn't God. Because God's not the author of. It was more than likely human. Right? 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 27. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue. Again, this is tongue that requires interpretation. Let it be by two or at most by three and that by course and let one interpret. So again, by this, we know this, all right? Because I've seen it all in Pentecost in my 40 years. I'm you. By this, we know this. It's improper for two people try to be given a message in tongue at the same time. I've heard it. I've heard people almost in competition. Like it, mine's going to be, bless God. Now, they didn't say that, but you could almost two are going at the same. That's improper. That is non-biblical. That is non-biblical. It's improper. Secondly, there may only be at most three messages. of tongue's come forth in any given setting or service before an interpretation is given. It's the reason why I, I've been in service before. and you no know, message came forth one time, two times, three times. No interpreters happened yet number four comes i'm like that's not of god why because the bible tells me it's not of god at most three if you feel in something that moment you better go to your personal devotion of personal edification amen because it, it, it is it is improper according to the scripture as a matter of fact there is, and I don't have time to delve into this real much, but back in like Deuteronomy 19 when we talk about the old uh, judicial ruling that there are two or three witnesses, the words to be established, he doesn't need any more than a third witness to establish what is being, even in the spiritual realm, being conveyed. All right? So we know it's improper if that, if that takes place. Lastly, I'm going to look at this and then I'm going to close. Lastly... We've had it. I know my grandmother done it. Personally, I've experienced it in my own life people singing in tongues. There's biblical precedence. OK, does anybody know where it's at? Boom. Whenever you read in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, it's in 1 Corinthians 14, really. And again, singing in tongues again, this is really for personal edification. We all enjoy it whenever someone does. It's beautiful and all that. But you don't know a word what they're saying unless it's to a familiar tune. Singing in tongues doesn't, though, have to be a song that anybody knows. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, Paul says, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, look, he said, if I pray in an unknown, my spirit prayeth. Look where he transitions now then. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. He said an unknown tongue was praying with his spirit. All right. He said, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. So he's going to pray in tongues, he's going to pray in English. I will sing with the Spirit. Huh? If praying with the Spirit was praying in an unknown tongue, then singing with the Spirit must be singing with an unknown tongue. He says, I sing in the Spirit and I sing with my understanding also. And so we'll look at that all just a little bit more next week. It's important. He says it's important to, 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 you know, do it in tongues. It's important to have that. But it's also important to do it with your understanding so everybody knows what you're saying. Everybody's included in understanding. It's important, you know, if you want to, God bless you in that way for personal devotion. sing in tongues. Bless God if you have that come upon you. Man, I'd probably do it. He said, but also you need to sing. I mean, it'd be something if we all just came here and sang in the spirit every time we had church. Wouldn't you like to see those lyrics on the screen? <laughs> I mean, we'd be kinda of lost, wouldn't we? But it's it's important to do do both. Amen. And we'll we'll look at all that just a little bit more. If you'll stand with me next week, we'll delve into the interpretation of tongues, which sandwiches really good with divers kinds of tongues. Sandwich is really good with that. And then we'll speak about prophecy. Because when we look at prophecy, I think we're gonna pull back maybe a little layer of understanding. That prophecy has a whole lot more to do with it than what you think. There's a whole lot more to prophecy than what you think. We have a certain mindset about what prophecy is. But I want you to know that what I've been standing here doing right now tonight has been prophecy. And we'll teach you that next week. Any teaching or preaching is prophecy. And we'll teach you that next week. Amen. Because it's not just foretelling, but it's forth telling prophecy is all right, and so uh, it's important. We'll look at that, and the Lord will be good to us. And that will be our last, our last lesson for this series and the, the, the little thing that I may uh, share in uh, Halloween night. Ooh, amen. Get into the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit of God. And there's no better time being church than on Halloween. I'm telling you right now. Amen. We're going to pray tonight. Thank you, those that have been here and attentive. And I hope that we have helped, helped us here tonight all right, on the gift of, of, of tongues, all right? I hope that we have, we have helped us and uh, for future moments from this day forward that we have, we have helped us. And we'll look at interpretation next week and we might have a little funny stories there. Phew, hallelujah. It happens in church. Just some things, folks, I'm telling you, just some things you just can't make up. I mean, I couldn't, I'm not even smart enough to make some of this stuff up. It just, it just is life, real life. Lord, we come to you tonight. I'm so thankful, Lord, for your love. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, for the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.